BCY America presents Crosstalk, a nationwide call-in program discussing issues that have an effect on our families, our communities, our churches, our nation, and our world. Crosstalk, an opportunity for you to voice your concerns for biblical principles. And now live by satellite and around the world on the Internet at vcyamerica.org. Here is today's Crosstalk. And we do thank you for joining us on Crosstalk here today on VCY America. Ladies and gentlemen, the fans or the flames are being fanned to worsen our border crisis. It's been absolutely amazing to see some of the matters that are taking place uh, at our border, our southern border in particular. And uh, as it pertains to national security, the headlines have not been very gratifying at all. I mean, they have reported uh, uh, early... Uh, well, primarily about 2.4 million encounters at the U.S.-Mexico border in fiscal year 2022. In October, it was almost 200,000 more, and there's just no end in sight. Not only is there no end in sight, it's likely going to get far worse. I mean, we are in a very, very dangerous time right now as it relates even to the lame duck session, where there is great desperation to get something through not only on a continuing resolution basis, but also an attempt to pass without hearing or without debate what's being called the Equal Access to Green Cards for Legal Employment Act of 2022. That's uh, uh, H.R. 3648. And friends, it's uh, remarkable as to see what is taking place here across this nation. And we have seen, I mean, the likes of uh, Chuck Schumer himself, who has been declaring the need for amnesty here across this land and uh, indicating that we need to have this because people are not having babies any longer. And uh, it is truly uh, disheartening to see what is taking place on the part of uh, Schumer and his, uh, uh, his position and what's being sought to be passed through on the lame duck session. Uh, this is uh, troubling indeed, and uh, we are seeking right now to get a hold of our guest with the Center for Immigration Studies. But I will mention this, that the Eagle Act, and the question is, will Congress vote against the American worker for cheap foreign labor for big tech and for corporations? Uh, the story from Center for Immigration Studies tells us that in January of 2021, that uh, they had written yet another effort to discard the per-country cap for employment green cards fizzled in the waning days of the 116th Congress. But it's sure to come back in the new 117th Congress. Every year since 2011, some members of Congress have attempted to discard the per-country cap for employment green cards designed to provide temporary relief to employers where no American worker could be found to fill a position. The original bill designed to provide a never-ending flow of foreign workers to employers was titled the Fairness for High-Skilled Immigration Air Immigrants Act. Well, this year, the House has reintroduced, without an open hearing or any meaningful debate during the lame duck session, this 2021 bill that's called the Equal Access to Green Cards for Legal Employment Act of 2022, H.R. 3648, drafted to benefit and reward the tech companies that have relied on lower-paid and usually lower-skilled visa workers to replace U.S. workers over the next 10 years. Truly alarming to uh, see what is taking place uh, with this act. Um, I'm going to uh, play for us uh, right now uh, this clip from Chuck Schumer in which he was calling for the legalization, uh, amnesty to take place here across this land. Now more than ever, we're short of workers. Uh, We have a population that is not reproducing it on its own with the same level that it used to. The only way we're going to have a great future in America is if we welcome and embrace immigrants, the dreamers and all of them, because our ultimate goal is to help the dreamers but get a path to citizenship for all 11 million or however many undocumented there are here. Isn't that amazing how he's saying the 11 million or however many others may be undocumented here? Friends, the, the, it is staggering to see what is taking place. And we encourage you to stay abreast of what is, is, is happening here across this land because they are now, uh, according to uh, Todd Benzman of Center for Immigration Studies, 
They are legalizing border crossing for all. It is the next stage of Biden's migration crisis. Here's what he writes. This northern Mexico city across from California were the latest to go live with an unreported, legally questionable new immigration strategy that President Joe Biden's administration has discreetly unfurled for months all along the U.S. southern border. Twice a day, seven days a week since September, uh, Mexicali city officials working closely with Biden's U.S. Customs and Border Protection on a secure shared CBP-1 online platform select hundreds of people to a month for their escorted government-to-government handoffs through the land port of entry to uh, Calexico, California. Once the Americans check their paperwork, they legally admit intending illegal border crossers like Nicaraguan Maria Esperanza Diaz-Ruiz into the U.S. interior under a questionable authority known as humanitarian or significant public benefit parole. They are un, they are indiv- inviting individuals into this land to simply go online and process forms. They're free to start new lives under this benefit with work authorization and the right to apply for asylum part of the package. As she waited with 25 other selected immigrants for her legal ride to America, Maria told the Center for Immigration Studies she left home figuring she would have to pay smugglers to cross her over the border illegally. But uptrail word from friends reached her down trail by cell phone that the Biden administration had legally admitted them and many others from Mexicali under this new humanitarian parole program. They said this is real. This is really a real program. This is not a magic trick, she told CIS. Maria came to Mexicali as soon as she could. A local migrant shelter took her in, and while she was fed and housed in relative security, American volunteers, lawyers, and activists helped her collect the documents that America required. Just the right documented story of woe, a psychological attesting to suffered traumas and fear of returning home, proof of citizenship and identity, a clear criminal background, need for urgent free American medical treatment, and a sponsor in the U.S. willing to financially support the applicant. Well, the story Maria proffered is that she worked for a government official in Nicaragua whose homosexuality drew death threats from her ex-husband, also a government worker against her and her boss, saying, I had to leave because I would be killed. Well, on that claim basis, she now waiting for a Mexican immigration service bus to drive her and 30 others in her group into America, still unable to believe her unlikely good fortune. I'm so happy, so happy, she said. Teams of the Mexicali uh, city administrators worked feverishly to enter each chosen immigrant into the CBP-1 data portal so that the Americans can pre-approve them for handoff at the Calexico border crossing. Well, after a couple of hours... A Mexican immigration van finally pulled up to the front. A white-uniformed officer swung open the door as the 25 men, women, and children piled in with a few belongings. The bus transported them into a gated section of the port of entry where they were to be handed over to Americans for processing. CIS was not allowed to follow that gated area. And uh, joining us right now... Joining us right now, we welcome Todd Benzman, Senior National Security Fellow for Center for Immigration Studies, the author of Overrun, How Joe Biden Unleashed the Greatest uh, Border Crisis in U.S. History and America's Covert Border War, the untold story of the nation's battle to prevent jihadist infiltration. Uh, He formerly uh, worked at the Texas Department of Public Safety's Intelligence and Counterterrorism Division, where he managed teams of intelligence analysts that worked in concert with federal homeland security and U.S. intelligence community agencies to identify and mitigate terrorism threats. Todd, thank you for joining us today. Are you with us, Todd? Yes. Okay, very good. Good to have you with us. Uh, Say, in a recent article, and we're already well into the program here, but you expose what is called CBP-1 online platform. Tell us about it, if you would. Sure. So the Biden administration has very quietly or discreetly uh, unfolded a program all along the border where the Mexicans and the Americans collaborate on legalizing immigrants before they come over while they're still in Mexico. And then once they are granted permission for something called humanitarian parole, uh, 
the Mexicans escort them over ports of entry, sight unseen. And the way this is all done between the two countries, between the two governments, is on CBP-1, which is a online secure DHS platform. All of the names of the prospective uh, crossers are entered along with all their data, and the Mexicans are given the secure passcode to the website to enter all this data in ahead of time. And then Mexican immigration loads them all up on buses and drives them over to ports of entry or the bridges and hands them to the Americans who then uh, release them into the country. With, with um, I should add, <clears throat> job uh, authorization, work authorization uh, for up to one year. With this, I mean, people don't even need smugglers anymore. I mean, it's well, like, right. That's it, it, it's, point. Yeah. yeah, it's like the Biden administration becomes the smuggler. I mean, somehow this magic wand is waved and illegal entry is now viewed as being legal. Is that what's going on? That's exactly what's going on. It's, it's happening uh, in very large numbers. We don't know what the numbers are, but, but the shelter systems that have uh, exposed the shelter systems through which the immigrants on the Mexican side queue up for this are expanding under the uh, pressure of demand for the, the services. Uh, they, they, I, I was in uh, Mexicali and Tijuana uh, just last month on the inside of one of these where I was able to get unfettered access to watch it unfold and. I interviewed four different shelter managers who said, you know, we can't keep up with demand. We're expanding and expanding and expanding. So many people are coming from all over the world to take advantage of this. And the, um, you know, people are sleeping in the streets waiting to get a, 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 some bed space in these places. In the meantime, Mexican, the Mexican government shelters are rapidly expanding. The one that I visited in Mexicali, was under construction to triple its size to take to take on the burden of this this demand and mind you that this is this program it's 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 unfolding from the Pacific coast all the way to the Gulf of Mexico it's border wide people are being handed off at every port of entry just about along the physical land border every single day Thousands and thousands are being passed along this way. And it's all in line with the administration's stated, frequently stated goal of creating, quote, legal pathways for all immigrants to cross over the southern border and to make it safe, orderly, and humane, in their words. That's what this is. Friends, we're going to take a quick break here. We're talking with Todd Benzman, who is Senior Legal Security Fellow for the Center for Immigration Studies. We're going to unfold more of this program, as well as some of the dangerous issues going on during this lame duck session right now, to, to bring about very broad amnesty uh, here without committee hearings, uh, without scrutiny over this. But uh, just bringing it up on the floor of uh, the U.S. Uh, House and Senate. We'll be back with more in a minute. This is Crosstalk. Back to Genesis with Dr. John Morris, scientist and creation researcher with the Institute for Creation Research. Dr. Morris, what can you tell me about Neanderthal man? Chris, from a biblical perspective, Neanderthal man was a human just like me or you. They evidently were an ethnic group that migrated away from Babel, living in very harsh conditions, but were human nonetheless. Archaeological discoveries have shown that they used agriculture. They buried their dead. They had art, musical instruments. They were humans just like me and you. Those who assigned them to subhuman categories suggested that they didn't have the right kind of hands to use tools. But a recent study has shown that they had thumb and forefingers just like ours with just as much dexterity. In every sense, they were as human as you and me, descendants of Noah, souls for whom Christ died. Going back to Genesis makes all the data fit so well. To learn more about creation, get our free DVD called That's a Fact. Call us at 800-628-7640 and mention the promo code FACT. 
You're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. Todd Benzman with us here today from the Center for Immigration Studies. And yes, we're talking about the flames being fanned to worsen the border crisis. Folks, as bad as it has been since the Biden administration has taken over, as porous as our borders have been, it is about to get even worse. And it's getting worse by the day. Uh, you had mentioned, Todd, the um, uh, this matter of legal pathways, and that is those are buzzwords that we continue to hear from uh, the Department of Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas. I mean, he has called for what he calls these legal pathways for this immigration, and it just begs the question, how can this be a legal pathway when Congress has not authorized this to take place? Well, that's a great question. Uh, the authority that they're citing and using has been uh, deeply questioned. I'm not a lawyer, but I have read the law. The law seems pretty clear. They're using something called humanitarian parole. Humanitarian parole in the INA says you can bring one guy over on a case-to-case basis here and there. What they're doing is they are applying it to mass numbers of people, to whole huge categories of people, in a way that for which it was never intended. And I think that uh, there is some litigation about this in Florida, but uh, it's slow moving, so um, we don't know what's, what's going to happen with that. But in the meantime, it's being used literally for hundreds of thousands of people, this this thing that's supposed to be for like a one-off here and there. Um, you, you also have media background, having worked uh, in Dallas, sir, and uh, the media here is largely silent on issues like this. How is the media in border states on this matter? Well, uh, you know, <laughs> that's that's a long program all by itself. I, I did. I was a journalist for 23 years. A working reporter, and so I kind of know how these things work. And in in my view, the border crisis, which is the most uh, you know voluminous in the nation's history, we've never seen anything like this, uh, makes the border story, the immigration story, something akin to like the moon landing. Uh, if you cover immigration, you know, if you're a border state and you're, you're media in a border state, you know, this is the singular story of your career. You have never had anything like this happen before. And I don't see the coverage as commiserate with, with its, its, you know, weightiness and its import and its national impact. I mean, this is transformative what's happening with five and six million people in the country, like in 20 months. My. And that's just, we're only halfway through, through the Biden administration, which is, which caused this thing on the very first day and two more years to go. Isn't there, their disregard for our border, border law, our immigration laws? I mean, isn't this just adding fuel to the fire for additional fraud, for additional corruption to enter our land? Well, you know, for one thing, the American asylum system, the law uh, that that undergirds the American asylum system, is being defrauded on a massive scale, Uh, and it has for years and years. But but and everybody who understands the asylum law and the system knows it, and especially the immigrants who are using it. They're claiming these are economic migrants who, uh, by and large, are claiming government persecution, uh, political persecution in their home countries when they're really just economic migrants. Uh, it's a kind of a complicated story there, but the uh, U.S., uh, you know, the Department of uh, Justice, in the form of its U.S. Attorney's Office uh, across the land, refuses to prosecute for asylum fraud. And so it's an unenforced federal statute, kind of like the federal marijuana law or something. You know, it just Mm -hmm. doesn't get enforced. Nobody ever. And so it just gets abused and abused and abused in a mass way. And and it's with impunity. And so all of these hundreds of thousands and millions of people that they're letting into on the grounds of that, you know, that they're going to file for political asylum, 
they're lying it, on a, in a massive way, in, uh, on a massive scale. They're, they're just flat out lying, but it works. It gets them in and it gets them in forever. Um, and really being taught to lie. I mean, they're, they, they're, they're given playbooks on how to make this happen, how yes. to seek asylum. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's just, uh, it, it is, it's orchestrated. And, and that's another area that's so disheartening about this, Todd. Well, you know, um, it's, it's, what's happening at the border is far outside even regular Democratic mainstream tradition. Uh, Democratic Party tradition. No Democrat has ever, you know, would ever have countenanced policies like these, you know, safe, orderly, and humane, and creating legal pathways and ending deportation. And these are things that no Democrat has ever done. I mean, Obama was called the deporter in chief for a reason. Uh, Bill Clinton was tougher on, you know, illegal immigration than Donald Trump was. Uh, but what happened was a, a you know a faction of the party coalition got power over the immigration portfolio and still has it, and they are implementing an ideology, a really weird fringe ideology that the uh, it's always been around, but the mainstream party would never have al- allowed these ideas to actually you know take root. You know, mm-hmm. in deportation, no more detention. Let's ignore all the immigration laws because they're evil. All humans have an inalienable right to migrate wherever they want, whenever they want. Uh, no, no human is illegal. All of that kind of stuff is, is what's in power. Abolish ICE. Uh, detention centers are concentration camps. You know, all of that stuff is, is in power. Uh, recently, uh, the you and the team at uh, Center for Immigration Studies uh, made us aware of Mexico's first immigrant shelter catering to U.S.-bound Muslim immigrants. What what can you tell us about this? Yeah, uh, so that was me. Uh, I, um, you know, noticed that there were some puff pieces in the media about the opening of Mexico's first uh, Muslim-only. Uh, immigrant shelter right in Tijuana. And I was kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop where people would responsibly, you know, question the national security implications of, you know, inviting a lot of uh, people from places where terrorist organizations operate Mm -hmm. to shelter uh, so that they can cross the American border, but it never came. So six months went by and I decided to just go myself and I knocked around the shelter for uh, three days and interviewed immigrants and Chechens. And I met uh, Tajikistanis and saw Somalis and uh, people from Afghanistan and from all over the uh, Muslim world. And I was able to also interview the shelter uh, management, uh, the director who's a uh, convert, an Islamic uh, convert, to Islam, but Mexican-born, and about national security. You know, what about these people? Because the American government regards people from those places, immigrants from those places, as a unique category called special interest aliens. And when you tag special interest aliens that, you then uh, trigger all sorts of counterterrorism measures interviews on both sides in Mexico and in the United States, America's covert border war, my book, uh, my first book is all about that. And here you have a shelter that caters to special interest aliens. Uh, so, uh, you know, there's supposed to be counterterrorism measures being taken whenever you know that somebody is from one of those countries. But what I found was that nothing like that was happening with any of these immigrants uh, on the Mexican side uh, or on the American side. And I interviewed the uh, shelter's director, a woman uh, who very kindly and candidly gave me an interview about it. And she was very concerned about counterterrorism for the United States 
said that she did the best she could, uh, occasionally called the Mexicans uh, authorities in when uh, somebody looked like a terrorist to her, and got two hits on at least two of them. Uh, and this comes at a time when there's 98 uh, confirmed terrorists on the FBI's watch list that were apprehended at the U.S. border by the Americans in the last fiscal year, and nine more in October. Uh, lots of them could have come right through this facility. Um, but the woman director told me that she had never been contacted by the Americans, not one time, Wow! wow. to come take a look at anybody in her shelter. And she said, listen, I've got files on everybody who stayed here, uh, photocopies of passports and everything. And I'm very happy to hand it all over to the Americans, but nobody's ever called me, which tells us that the Biden DHS doesn't care about this unless they've got some kind of covert activity going on that I can't know about, which I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Maybe they do, but there's no overt activity going on either, and there ought to be. Uh, I know because I wrote the book on this. Well, this should be alarming because I, I can only guess, Todd, that word like this travels pretty fast uh, through Islamic countries. I mean, these are countries that have no love for the U.S. They have no love uh, for our system of government. They they in, instead would want to undo who we are as a nation. Sure. I mean, you know, you, you can't say that universally about right. all of them. Right. Some of them are leaving pretty terrible places. I get that. I think we all get that. But, you know, the American Homeland Security establishment has these programs in place for a reason, and it's to catch the minority, the few, the onesies, twosies, threesies among them uh, who would be coming in to do harm to the to the country. Uh, at a time like this when you've You've got, you know, millions and millions of people just swamping the border and crushing all defenses. Uh, you have uh, a heightened uh, opportunity for people like that to just get right in uh, because we've had a, over a million gotaways logged that we know of, probably a million uh, three by now, uh, people that never got detected that got right into the, to the United States undetected. Mm-hmm. If you caught 120 on the FBI terror watch list in the last two years, that's just a sign of a great many more that undoubtedly got through with those gotaways. Well, I I just saw a a shocking story of more than 73,000 illegals evaded Border Patrol in November alone being referred to as gotaways. I mean, thermal drone video footage showed illegals crossing into private property into Eagle Pass, Texas. This is just a day after Schumer called for mass amnesty. Right. Uh, you know, like I said, this is the greatest border crisis in U.S. history. We've never seen anything like this. And the reason so many are getting away is because Border Patrol is busy doing processing duty for all the people they're letting in under this humanitarian parole. We got to take a quick break here. We'll pick up with our discussion in just a moment. You're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. Todd Benzman with us from the Center for Immigration Studies. We'll be right back. Often, the sounds of traditional Christmas carols are missing this time of year. The secularization in our society does not want to recognize those carols which point to the Christ of Christmas. VCY America is making available Sounds of Christmas, Volumes 3, 5, and 6. The various selection of Sounds of Christmas features the music of the season as played by Vic Eliason on the digital piano, Hammond organ, and Allen organ. Songs like Go Tell It on the Mountain, O Little Town of Bethlehem, and Joy to the World. These instrumental CDs are perfect for playing in your home, office, or car throughout the season. Each volume of Sounds of Christmas is available for a donation of $6 each or all three for a donation of $15 to VCY America. Call 1-800-729-9829 and have a Merry Christmas.
friends, as bad as the crisis is at the border, it's going to get worse. It is getting worse because these plans and programs are being put into place uh, that are, are really laying out the red carpet. And word is spreading uh, through nations around the world. Uh, and uh, that we're, with the welcome mat being out and go to the U.S. and how easy it is for this to take place, how easy it is to gr- get across the border. I mean, uh, here is an online program, this online platform, CBP-1. Uh, go on there and fill everything out here and we can <laughs> avoid the smugglers. We'll get you in another way. Uh, d- truly troubling what's taking place. Todd Benzman is with us, Senior National Security Fellow for the Center for Immigration Studies. Their website, cis.org. CIS.org. Um, let's talk about this uh, Title 42 just a bit. Uh, tell us exactly what this is, and we understand it's going to be lifted later this month. So this is a Trump-era pandemic measure that was put in place by Donald Trump in March of 2020. And the purpose was to stop everybody from the uh, from border illegal border entry and deter further entry by uh, expeditiously uh, pushing back all uh, entrance into Mexico and denying them the access to asylum, to claim asylum. They're going to have asylum, they have to do it in Mexico. And that was in place, uh, it it resulted in a dramatic decline in border entries to about uh, in the 30,000 a month range, we're in 240,000 a month now, just to give you an idea. But um, Biden inherited Title 42, but immediately uh, opened up massive exemptions in it on day one of the administration. Uh, that's what caused this mass migration crisis. But they were still doing a lot of pushbacks, too, uh, uh, up until uh, there was a, they decided to do away with it. In April, in May of this year, there was court action that delayed it, so it's still technically in place, but only about 35% are being pushed back under it Hmm. today. So 65% are still getting in, being allowed in under this humanitarian parole. Um, So uh, the judge has ruled finally that it must die. (laughs) So on December 21st, the final vestige of the rump Title 42, which was the only speed bump, really, to completely unimpeded mass migration, uh, is going to go away. Wow. Wow. And uh, the intelligence community back in April, May, when this was first floated, uh, estimated that between 12,000 and 18,000 a day could be crossing, could be expected to cross after Title 42 ended. Uh, and just to give you an idea, you know, we're at about 7,000, 7,500 a day right now, which is already an unmitigated, uh, you know, smashed every record on the books. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can imagine what even 12,000, the lower end of this is going to look like. So the administration is um, hastily, uh, you know, bringing forth resources and volunteers and airplanes and buses and equipment and building soft-sided facilities uh, and, you know, really trying to expand the superhighway in to the country yeah. so that there's no buildup along the border. Their, their goal for managing this thing is not to stop people or deter people or ask people to stay home. It's to get them in as fast as possible so that you don't see a terrible political blight under a bridge down there with thousands yeah. of people all jammed up, that sort of thing. That's what's happening. The The government is rapidly uh, trying to, you know, prepare the superhighway. Well, he's also preparing it by by uh, wanting to remove air marshals from flights all across the nation to come down and work the border. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's just that's just one tiny part of it. I mean, they are, you know, begging and pleading and offering incentives and trying to get people to come down, you know, federal uh, officers of every, every stripe and every agency to come down here and, you know, man the, uh, the superhighway, get the turnstiles, uh, man the turnstiles. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you should, you should know that this is all, the turnstiles all go in uh, one way. You know, there's no 
once you're through the turnstiles, you're just in. And their idea is, you know, to get as many people in as they possibly can uh, in as short a time as they can, not to deter. Nobody ever talks about deportation, uh, what they're doing to, you know, that they're going to start deporting people or detaining people or anything that would make somebody not want to come. Well, no, they're not. And at the same time, we've got the likes of Chuck Schumer calling for a massive amnesty to take place. I just I played the audio clip before you came on where he is talking about that we're not reproducing enough. We need more workers. And and however many millions are out there, we need to bring them in. And many are wondering, are we are we facing the potential for a massive amnesty to be passed during this lame duck session? Yes, we are. And I just want to point out that, you know, the immig- I spent a lot of time with immigrants uh, for the last couple of years. I, I don't know. I've probably interviewed thousands of them uh, on the trail before lawyers could get them, get to them and tell them what not to say. Right. Uh, so I kind of know what they, how they think. And they pay very, very close attention to our media. Their relatives inside the United States also do. And when, you know, Chuck Schumer and American political leaders talk about things like amnesty and when they propose, you know, two million DACA uh, amnesty and, you know, a work authorization for everybody, it makes them come. They, it makes them mount their journeys uh, and lay down their smuggling money and pull up stakes because they want to get here in time to catch this. Uh, because it's unprecedented. All of this is just unprecedented in their lifetimes. They've never, never had anything like this. So, the I never met a, a migrant who didn't have a modern cell phone that was fully connected to the internet and social media. And they're the ones that are getting in are taking selfies with their thumbs up and sending it back to the home village and with the great news about what's happening. Right. And, all the stuff they're getting, and, and you know that's that's what causes mass migration. When people like Chuck Schumer and Biden and Mayorkas and everybody else starts talking about this sort of policy, it just fuels the surge. It fuels directly fuels the surge. Our phone number to crosstalk today, 800-733-9829. Listeners, if you've got a question you'd like to ask of our guest or a brief comment, uh, some of you are living right now in Texas, in Arizona, in New Mexico, uh, and you're seeing things happen front and center. Others of you are, uh, this may be news to you as far as what the things we're talking about on the program today, how bad things are and uh, about to get far worse. And uh, if we could uh, also... uh, Todd, just uh, let me bring up the fentanyl issue. I mean, it was just reported that the largest liquid fentanyl drug bust in the U.S. was reported in South Texas. I mean, can we begin to estimate the damage to our nation, even over the the fentanyl that is crossing the southern border? Well, I mentioned already that Border Patrol is not on the defensive line anymore. They're in these soft-sided shelter structures processing all the immigrants that they're letting in. So there's nobody out there to interdict. Uh, There's a few, you know, sheriff's offices and Texas Department of Public Safety has troopers surged up against the border. But if it wasn't for them, there'd be nothing. And even that's quite reduced. So, of course, you're going to have more drugs coming in. I mean, these are the Mexican cartels, man. They, They have scouts and eyes and spies everywhere they know where nobody's guarding so that's their job Mm -hmm. so they're bringing all that stuff in and um you know i'm not i I don't think we can say that there would be no fentanyl if things were normal i think we can also definitely say that there's much more fentanyl coming in than otherwise uh, would get in if we had a normal border Again, friends, our number to crosstalk today, 800-733-9829. That's 800-733-9829. I see from our home state, I'm talking to you from Wisconsin, uh, Congressman Tom Tiffany uh, has introduced what's called the Alien Criminal Expulsion Act. Uh, Do you have knowledge of this act that he's introduced? And would there be any chance of passage, let alone a, a signature from a president who seems intent on open borders? 
None at all. Uh, I know Tom Tiffany. Uh, I've uh, spent a lot of time with him, and um, and he's a great uh, representative, uh, notable for the fact that he, on his own dime, uh, traveled to the Darien Gap jungle between Colombia and Panama, where huge numbers of uh, foreign nationals from all over the world are pouring through, and he wanted to go see it for himself as a freshman, brand new guy. Got to respect that. But the problem is uh, that you know guys like Tiffany and Chip Boy and people in the uh, Republicans in the uh, House Freedom Caucus who are real border hawks on this, you know, they they've got a, a Senate that's held by the other party at least for now. Probably will be, you know, continue uh, to be held by the by the uh, Democrats. And so, you know, a lot of this is just going to be symbolic, you know, you know, putting ideas out there for public consumption and discussion for a day when maybe they might be able to get something passed. But I think the messaging is important. Uh, they're going to probably hold hearings. You'll probably see some sort of an impeachment effort of Mayorkas. Mm-hmm. And those things are valuable, not because they're going to get something done right now, but because the border crisis has been suppressed so deeply and so systematically uh, for, for the first two years of it that we have to, as a, as a, as a public, have this information uh, that there, that's going to come out of these hearings. So, you know, I remember last year the Republicans called me to, a, to testify before uh, one of their hearings, and Nancy Pelosi refused to give them a room. It was about the wow. border. Wow. So they had to hold this thing off campus at some, you know, some conference center off campus, off the hill, mm. uh, just to be able to have a, a hearing about, about this. So I expect a lot of hearings and a lot of information to come out. Let's uh, begin our calls. Uh, Tim is calling from Wisconsin. Tim, you're on the air. Yeah, hi, Jim. I hey, uh, just wanted to say, uh, being overseas in Central Asia so much, I, uh, I see Muslims all the time who have relatives who have come across that border and are planning on coming across themselves, asking me for tips on how to do so, knowing that there is a government program helping them do it. Hmm. Very well, interesting. Yeah, I'm not, well, I'm not surprised at all. I, you know, I spent time with those immigrants, and I asked them, how'd you find out about this? And they said, well, because my neighbors did it, <laughs> you know, yeah. my, my friends did it and they send selfies. They all have, they all have cell phones. Yeah. Word travels very, very quickly. Thank you for yeah, the call. Instantaneous. Uh, Greg is calling from Bethany, Missouri. You're on the air, Greg. Yeah. Hi. Uh, I have two uh, kind of statements. Number one is, uh, is there somebody in the military that is still has a backbone and is willing to fight? to stop all of this nonsense. Uh, And and number two, uh, if our southern border is open, what would the Biden administration do if suddenly uh, uh, five million Chinese came in through the southern border or five million other nationalities came through? Would anything occur? Okay, thank you for the call. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back and address those issues afterwards. Uh, This is Crosstalk on VCY America. Our guests from Center for Immigration Studies, CIS.org. We'll be right back. For the Worldview Report, I'm Brandon House. Our website is worldviewreport.com. Have you noticed all of the events that are converging at the same time right now? What is the statistical probability that all of these things would be happening right now at the same time? I believe it's a convergence of end-time events. The making of a one-world economy, the mark of the beast technology, the desire for a world government, a world religion, the Jews returning to Israel in record numbers, the talk of a third temple, five red heifers now in Israel looking for a perfect red heifer to sacrifice and begin the purification process, Israel discovering massive amounts of natural gas and maybe gold, Israel surrounded by her enemies. Right there in Syria, you have Iran, Turkey, and Russia on her border. Then you have the Jews that are being prepared to be deceived, looking for a Messiah. We have the rise of anti-Semitism, the talk of global famine and plagues. All of this tells us the stage is being set for end-time events. Are you ready?
Todd Benjamin with us here today, Senior National Security Fellow for Center for Immigration Studies. Again, he's written a couple of books, America's uh, Covert Border War, The uh, Untold Story of the Nation's Battle to Prevent Jihadist Infiltration, also Overrun, How Joe Biden Unleashed the Greatest Border Crisis in U.S. History. Uh, Just before we answer the questions, uh, Todd, how can people obtain your books? Well, first of all, Overrun uh, is going to is up available for pre-order. It'll be out in bookstores in February. So, okay. Uh, but you know, great stocking stuffer. <laughs> you know, my publisher would want me to say. Hmm. Um, and uh, America's Covert Border War is available anywhere books are sold. You could get it on Amazon or Barnes and Noble, um, and it's still very much uh, relevant, especially in this current crisis. So the call right before the break asked about, uh, is there any backbone in the military? Anybody within the military to stand up in protection of our borders here? So I'll have you comment on that. And then also he talked about, what about 5 million coming from China or some other country? Um, We're not far from that, or maybe we're there already. Right. Well, the military's been down there for two years now. National Guard and then just regular Army has been down there, too. Uh, and they're just, uh, you know, um, there, there's only so much that they are allowed to do. And it's mostly in support roles, doing administrative tasks and stringing uh, concertina wire, uh, showing a little presence. But they're not going to be able to, you know, do arrests or deportation. All of that is a, is a federal uh, responsibility. So when you go down to the border and you see the military... Essentially, what they're doing is they're helping to process everybody in. Hmm. You can see them down on the river uh, inviting the people coming right off the smuggler rafts uh, onto the shore and shining their lights so that nobody trips My. on their way up. So My. that's essentially it. They fall under the Biden administration. Uh, we do have Chinese crossing, uh, hundreds and hundreds of Chinese coming along with uh, you know, 40% of everybody reaching the southern border nowadays is from a country other than Central America or Mexico. This is not your grandparents' border crisis. This is something brand new because it's the entire world coming. Blanche is our next caller. Hi, Blanche. You're on the air. Hi, I have a question for your guest. Um, I myself think that all of this is political, and they're letting in these um, illegal people so that they get citizenship, and then they'll vote Democrat and making it impossible for Republicans to win elections. I think they want one-party rule. That's their dream. And then they can have a monopoly on elections. And I was just, it's all political and very cynical about it. And I was wondering what your guests thought about that. Thank you, Blanche. Well, I just don't know uh, because, you know, I spent a lot of time with uh, immigrants and, you know, I've spent a lot of time with Cubans, for example, and I don't think these Cubans are going to be voting for a Democrat if they ever get a chance to vote anytime soon. I respect the theory. Uh, I just don't know how uh, such a thing is going to actually work out. I mean, Venezuelans hate communists uh, and socialists, and I'm wondering if they're going to be voting Democrats, too. We have lots and lots of them coming through. Um, a lot of these folks that are coming are, you know, ardent capitalists and uh, but, you know, lots of them are going to vote Democrat, too, at some point. I just don't, I, I just, I'm not as clear on it as maybe you are. Thank you, Blanche. On how that's going to work out. Let's go to Jerry next. Hi, Jerry, you're on the air. <clears throat> yeah, uh, I thought Governor Abnett, excuse me, Ab, Abbott, Abbott uh, was uh, sending National Guard down to the border to put a stop to this, not to aid him in. And then I have two other quick questions. Are they not trying to take this to a Canada, Mexico, a Mexican, United States, uh, one world North American alliance? And here's the last question. If we're trying to get rid of six and a half billion people in the world and the United States is totally connected uh, in alignment with that, why are they bringing all these people in if they want to get rid of people? Okay, thank you for the calls, uh, the questions here. Uh, he's got several. Uh, what's Governor Abbott doing about this? Uh, he's not really been too accommodating, has he? Well, the main thing is that, you know, deportation, which is the only thing that would stop and deter 
the mass migration, can only really be done by federal authorities under the control of Joe Biden. They don't want to deter it. They want to bring as many as possible in. They say it all the time, safe, orderly, humane, legal pathways. Uh, so, you know, the governor has, uh, you know, presence down there, but when they catch illegal immigrants, they turn them over to Border Patrol. That's about all they can do. Uh, they feel like it's a legal uh, issue, that they're not able to uh, push them back into Mexico, and it's a logistical issue, too, because even if they tried to do it, they they would have to bring them over the bridges, which are controlled by the Mexicans on one side and the Biden administration on the Lee side. So, you know, all they do is just put up concrete barricades and say, thou shalt not pass. So, you know, it's really just a, a lot of show of force. I will say that that, that is meaningless and toothless. Uh, I don't mean to offer no hope at all with that, but I will say that Operation Lone Star, which is the surge, the nonstop surge of Texas DPS troopers and investigators and National Guard, does help a lot with the drug trafficking and with apprehending criminal aliens who are trying to re-enter. There are people that they catch that will get pushed back. uh, And without those Texas DPS uh, forces on the border, there would be a whole lot more fentanyl and a whole lot more drug trafficking and a whole lot more criminals getting through than are now. Uh, which is already a lot. And the other questions, I don't know if I have time to get to those. but Yeah, we're we're down to 30 seconds. They asked about, in essence, like a North American union trying to erase the borders between the, 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 the nations. And, and Yes, just... really, really quickly on that. The ideologues who are behind this in the White House believe in a borderless world. Uh, they, they, I, I said this is a fringe ideology, and the people that are in control of these policies are definitely, uh, you know, globalist types. They say it, they write it. They're coming from uh, advocacy organizations that believe it. No human is illegal. No well, human is illegal. All, all people have an inalienable right to migrate wherever they want, whenever they want. We're going to have to leave our discussion there. Uh, Todd, thank you for being with us. Uh, again, folks, the website cis.org. We apologize to others here on hold, but uh, check out the website. Lots of great writing on what's going on. And uh, Todd, thanks for helping to expose what's taking place at the border. Thanks for having me. And friends, thanks for joining us today on Crosstalk. You've been listening to Crosstalk via satellite and the internet from BCY America. Views expressed may or may not be those of this station. For a CD of today's program, send a donation of $6 or more to VCY Tape Ministry, 3434 West Kilbourne Avenue, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53208. Or download by RSS or podcast from crosstalkamerica.com. And join us again for Crosstalk. Crosstalk.